Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay, dear listener. Experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to Criminalia, where we're exploring the intersection of history and true crime. I'm Maria Tremarki. And I'm Holly Fry. And this season we're talking about lady poisoners. And this week's poisoner was born into royalty. She became the wife of one emperor and the mother of another. She has been described by both ancient and modern sources as ambitious, but also as ruthless, violent, and domineering. Not the kind of endorsements you're typically looking for on your LinkedIn profile. That's what I always search for when I'm looking for an employee. Domineering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we are talking about Julia Agrippina, the power-hungry Roman empress. And that's power-hungry even by Roman standards, so pretty great, Uh, who's said to have poisoned her husband, who also happened to be her uncle, but we'll talk about that later, to ensure her only son's succession to the throne. (laughs) 
Julia Agrippina lived in the first century. She was born in a small town called Opidum Ubiorum, which is located in what is modern-day Germany. She was born sometime between November and March 15 of the Common Era, and her parents were Germanica Caesar and Vipsania Agrippina. Julia was often referred to as Agrippina the Younger in order to distinguish her from her mother. Julia was actually born into the Julio-Claudian dynasty, uh, which was the first Roman imperial dynasty and was made up of the first five Roman emperors who were Augustus, Tiberius, Caligula, Claudius, and Nero. Names you have probably heard before. (laughs) Famous Uh, names. Yes. Julia was the great granddaughter of Augustus. That was the man who had turned the Roman Republic into the Roman Empire and became its first emperor. She was the great niece of Tiberius. She was the sister of Caligula, the niece and the fourth wife of Claudius, and ultimately the mother of Nero. Her story is one of ambition and scandal, and it sounds like something that came out of a fiction writer's imagination. But the idea of the female murderer for whom poison is the weapon of choice is, as we mentioned just a moment ago, really prevalent throughout human history, but also throughout our mythologies as well. So if you have studied any mythology, you may remember that in Greek mythology, Circe used magic herbs to turn people into wolves, lions, and pigs, for instance, which sounds kind of cool. Uh, today <laughs> you hear that. You Today you hear it described in more modern fiction in George Martin's Game of Thrones uh, as the preferred weapon of the craven. So eunuchs and also women. <clears throat> Julia was married young in the year 28, which would have made her a 13-year-old bride. Her first husband, Gnaeus Domitius Ahenobarbus, was an aristocrat who was her paternal first cousin once removed. He was also the biological father of her only child, a son whom they named Lucius Domitius Ahenobarbus. Lucius was the youngest descendant of Augustus's royal blood and would eventually become the infamous Emperor Nero, infamous for his debauchery and his extravagance. And in fact, upon receiving congratulations of his son's birth, the brutish Domitius is said to have remarked, or maybe prophesied, that he didn't think that anything produced by him and Julia could possibly be good for the state or the people. (laughs) Little did he know what was to come. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven years later, in 39, Julia was exiled from Rome by her brother, the Emperor Caligula. And at this point, Caligula was roughly two years into his reign, and he'd reached this stage of intense self-importance and had actually declared that he was a living god, but even gods apparently fear assassination. Yeah, Caligula had accused his sister of taking part in a plot to have him killed and to install Marcus Aemilius Lepidus as emperor in his place. Uh, I want to make sure we're clear on this. This was not the Marcus Aemilius Lepidus who had been a Roman general and an ally of Caesar, as well as a member of the Second Triumvirate. He died in 13 BCE, so well before the events that we're talking about. This Marcus was married to Caligula's sister, Julia Drusilla, and there was a conspiracy as well as a lot of romantic drama involving him hooking up with both Julia Agrippina and yet another of Caligula's sisters, Julia Lavilla. But the plot to assassinate the emperor failed, and it came to be known as the plot of the three daggers. Um, He was executed for his part in it, and like Julia Agrippina, Julia Lavilla was also exiled. I always have to wonder when I'm reading all these things about how one person was having affairs with all these sisters and like, did you not have like a wider dating pool to like... Right? (laughs) It's only only relatives. 
Julia Agrippina was sent to the Pontine Islands. That's a rocky archipelago in the Tyrrhenian Sea. And Caligula died two years after that. And after he passed, Agrippina's uncle, the new emperor, Claudius, allowed her to return to Rome. And that allowed her to reunite with her young son. Julia's husband, Domitius, died in the year 40 of edema, not of suspicious causes. We promise we're getting to the poison, though. So while she was still in her 20s, Julia was not only a widow, but she was also the lone surviving member of her family. Her sister, Julia Lavilla, was executed by starvation over a whole different matter. And circumstances were now that Julia's son was the only male heir left carrying the legacy of the royal family bloodline. Julia married again, this time to the affluent ex-consul Gaius Crispus Pacianus. And it was Emperor Claudius, her uncle, who actually asked Crispus to divorce his then-wife. He was already happily married, presumably, and with, then marry his children. niece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he asked him to do this so that he could marry the recently widowed Julia Agrippina as a favor Let's be very clear. It wasn't like she was pining for him. This was not a matter of Julia or Crispus being deeply in love. This was strictly a financial transaction. Over the years, Crispus's fortune was valued at 200 million sesterti, which is a form of Roman currency. Persuaded during his marriage to name his new wife and son, Julia and Lucius, as heirs to his state, when Crispus died eight years into their marriage, his widow was suspected among the Romans to have poisoned him to gain his wealth and in general accused her of using her sexual allure to manipulate powerful men. So for the record, we don't know for certain if Julia poisoned Crispus, and we never will, because as you get farther and farther away from a point in time in history, your odds of unearthing anything that will give you that information get tiny and tiny and tinier. Uh, But as far as the court of public opinion went in her contemporary time, she was absolutely considered guilty. Which she might as well just be guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie, and it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. 
because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Your home should be your haven, and everyone wants to feel safe at home. If you travel a lot, it's really important that your home is secure when you're gone and that your pets are also safe. Simply Safe is advanced home security that puts you first. Simply Safe sent me a home security package, and I was really blown away by all the cameras and the quality of them. When I travel, I could check in on my cats anytime, day or night, and I sleep better knowing that once our alarm is set at night, I know that I'll be alerted if anyone tries to enter the house. Simply Safe has been named in U.S. News and World Report's best home security systems for five years running. It's also been ranked best customer service in home security by Newsweek. By partnering with Simply Safe, I've finally gotten real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get an exclusive 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E.com/criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need. Renowned for their exquisite tights, Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes. Clothing that not only promises, but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Welcome back to Criminalia. So uh, after the death of Crispus, Julia continued to manipulate and maneuver herself into a position of unprecedented power for a woman in the empire at that time. So enter Claudius, whose full name was Tiberius Claudius Nero, a dice-playing history buff who was Julia's <laughs> uncle, which kind of makes me love him. I, know, uh, right? <laughs> I loved coming across that tidbit about him. <laughs> yeah. Throw the bones and uh, read right? a history book. Exactly. He suffered from partial paralysis and a movement disorder, and he spoke with a stammer, according to uh, descriptions of him, and also had a little bit of a propensity to have like a drooling problem, and he allegedly walked with a limp. 
He was also known to have uncontrolled emotional responses. And he had no political experience until he ascended as emperor in the year 41, after Emperor Caligula was assassinated in the Praetorian Guard. These were the elite unit of the Imperial Roman Army who served as the personal bodyguards to the Roman emperors. They named him emperor after discovering him in the palace after the death. It would be another two days, though, before the Roman Senate would accept him into the position, but they did. In 49, Claudius and Julia were married. This was an incestuous partnership, and that was contrary to Roman law. That's no problem. Uh, Claudius was the emperor, so he just had the law changed. Uh, This union may not have been the first time that Julia was involved in an incestuous relationship either. Rumors had swirled that she had had a sexual relationship with her brother Caligula when he served as emperor. And they would swirl again around just exactly how she managed to control her emperor's son in the future. I have so many questions about that. Like, we know the name Caligula automatically comes with, like, an association of sexual debauchery. But I also wonder how much of that is just, like, the rumor mill trying to take people down. Right. I know, too, because, I mean, he's always associated with his sisters, (laughs) But I always got the impression, sisters aside, like those parties were way bigger than family. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise it's just like a quiet game of pinochle. (laughs) In any case, case. (laughs) uh, women in ancient Rome at this time were citizens, but they did not have the power to vote or to hold political office. And Julia, never content with her position, pretty much ever, just assumed the title of Augusta after marrying Claudius. And that is the Roman imperial yet honorific title given to empresses and honored women. Her behavior actually led one of the Roman statesmen uh, and historian Cassius Dio to comment, no one attempted in any way to check Agrippina. Indeed, she had more power than Claudius himself. Yeah. uh, Sisters doing it for themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some historians suggest that the Roman Senate may have been behind the push for the marriage between Julia and Emperor Claudius as a political way to end the feud between the Julian and Claudian branches of the dynasty. But regardless of the Senate's intentions, Roman society still considered this marriage incestuous and immoral and kind of gross. Hmm. So we have to rewind for just a minute to talk about Claudius's background. Julia here was not Claudius's first wife. She's actually his fourth wife. Um, and Claudius and his previous wife, Valeria Messalina, had had a daughter, Octavia, and a son too named Britannicus. But upon his marriage to Julia and at her prompting in the year 50, which was a year after they got married, Claudius formally adopted her son, Lucius Domitius Ahinobarbus, whose name was then changed to Nero Claudius Caesar Drusus Germanicus. This is an interesting and significant power move, as Julia's son was three years older than Claudius's biological son, Britannicus, and that made him the now-expected heir to the empire. Okay, the next step to ascending her son to the position of emperor would be to get rid of Claudius, right? So it's been jokingly concluded that Claudius ultimately died because of de una exore nimia, which means one too many wives. 
But he died on October 13th in the year 54. And it was Roman public opinion that Julia was the one who'd poisoned him for the imperial purple. To be clear, Claudius did die of poisoning. He had actually ingested a poisonous mushroom. But the facts of the story beyond that differ depending on who told it. So though he may have accidentally eaten a highly toxic death cap mushroom at a banquet, most historians agreed that in the year 54, Julia had sought the help of a notorious poisons expert. It was a local woman named Locusta to supply her poison with which to murder her husband, the Emperor Claudius. It was likely that Locusta advised Julia to try a tropa belladonna as a poison, and you might already know that as deadly nightshade. Um, and this perennial plant has been used for poisoning since antiquity. Uh, it's highly poisonous, and the plant itself and its fruits contain something called tropane alkaloids, which are plant toxins. And according to this version of the story, it is said that belladonna was sprinkled on a mushroom and given to the emperor with his meal. Um, I have read in some accounts that mushrooms were like his favorite thing. I've read uh, that too, yeah. <laughs> So alternatively, other historical accounts suggest that the mushroom may have just simply contained muscarine. That's a toxin that's commonly found in mushrooms. And that toxin causes some really nasty effects like vomiting, low blood pressure, difficulty breathing, and neurological problems. There's even a third theory that the poison mushroom didn't actually appear to work. So um, one of the royal doctors, Dr. Gaius Stratinius Xenophon, then murdered the emperor with a poison-tainted instrument maybe a feather inserted into his throat, as one story goes, to induce vomiting. But the important takeaway here, no matter how any of this actually played out, was that Claudius died from ingesting poison. And because she had a great deal to gain from his passing, everyone believed that Julia had somehow orchestrated it. Being dead and all, Claudius could not reinstate his <laughs> biological son, Britannicus, as his legitimate heir to the throne. So naturally, Julia declares her teenage son as emperor in his place. And here we get Emperor Nero. With Nero ascending to the throne as a teenager, his mother was effectively his regent. And that meant she had political power as a senior partner in ruling over the Romans. Julia, we should point out, was not the only member of the family <laughs> who had an association with poison. There was some cultural sort of poison acceptance at this time. <laughs> Just a year into his reign, like mother, like son, Nero poisoned his stepbrother, Claudius's son, Britannicus. And doing this knocked out any potential competition over the throne. This seems like a good spot for a word from our sponsor. It does indeed. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with dust-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. 
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Let's talk about the guy who Julia was willing to kill for, her son Nero. Nero, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, was Julia's only child. And in addition to his emperor gig, Nero considered himself primarily an artist with interests including pantomime, dancing, (laughs) poetry, and even playing the lyre. He also competed in the Olympic Games in the year 67 in order to improve relations with Greece. Um, But while he was there, he raced and he was actually thrown from a 10-horse chariot. But he was still victorious because he was Nero. That's like the ultimate participation trophy. You win. Good job, champion. Nero wins it all. Those other horses ran too far, the fools. Nero's early years on the throne were primarily seen as successful. And in the first two years of his reign, Nero's coins would depict his portrait side by side with that of his mother. Overall, though, Nero is, of course, associated not with chariot races uh, or with art, but with cruelty. So Nero ruled the Roman Empire from year 54 until his death by suicide, which was just 14 years later. Um, He was best known for his debaucheries, impulsiveness, political murders, and his persecution of Christians. And for allegedly, although it's not proven in any story, uh, 
infamously singing or playing music during and maybe even starting the Great Fire of Rome. We should point out that fiddles did not even exist <laughs> and wouldn't wouldn't exist for another 1400 years. So uh, he did not do that, even though it's quoted beautifully in an Elvis Costello song. Work of pure fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he sang. <laughs> uh, so astrologers prophesied that Nero would become emperor and kill his mother. And though you may or may not believe in astrology, and it could have just been a pattern recognition based on his family's proclivities for murder and intrigue, either way, they were totally right on what they yeah. predicted. I mean, if I were the astrologer, I'd just be like, I told you guys. Right. Done. Uh, Check. <laughs> so upon Julia's encouragement and so that he could secure his imperial position while Claudius was still alive, Nero had married Claudius's daughter from a previous marriage. So for clarity, he was marrying his stepsister, Octavia. But Claudius had a change of heart regarding his marriage to Julia and his adoption of Nero as the years passed in his marriage, and he had started to again favor his biological son Britannicus as heir to the throne. Perhaps not surprising to those following closely, shortly after Claudius's death, Britannicus suddenly died. Poison? Maybe. No one can prove that Julia and Nero killed Britannicus to remove all of the remaining obstacles between Nero and the throne. But their murderous reputations do precede them, right? And Nero is often credited with his stepbrother's swift end. And Julia certainly seemed to have made very efficient work of clearing out any obstacles to her growing power. But things started to go downhill for her after Nero began to assert himself and play a more interested role in the throne. And it would be at least in part Nero's extramarital affairs that would also decrease the amount of power and influence his mother had over him. In fact, it would be her insistent involvement and meddling that would eventually lead to Nero's order of his mother's assassination just five years into his reign. Oh, this family. Uh, <laughs> the assassination story plays out like this. Nero actually tried to assassinate his mother more than once <laughs> because she opposed his political it's and his terrible. sexual affairs, right? Just like, if at first you don't succeed. <laughs> um, but because she opposed his political and sexual affairs, Nero first set his mother to sail on a boat that he had actually designed to sink. The idea was that she would cross the Gulf of Naples and she would sink halfway there. Regardless of which outcome of the story you believe, whether she was... Uh, picked up by a small fishing boat or she swam to the shore. She actually survived the attempt on her life and he may have then tried to poison her yet unsuccessfully again. She finally met her demise though in the year 54 when Nero ordered her to be stabbed to death in her country home. Despite his generally poor leadership skills <laughs> as time wore on, Nero's support throughout Rome didn't really begin to crumble, though, until a Roman governor named Gaius Iulius Vindex declared his support for Galba, then in Spain, for emperor. That effectively meant that he was denouncing Nero and igniting a rebellion against the reigning emperor's tax policies. Of which he wanted no taxes. Learning that he'd been tried in absentia and condemned to death as a public enemy of the state by the Roman Senate, Emperor Nero, who was just then 30 years old, fled Rome. Um, but before he left, he called upon, you guessed it, the local poison expert, Locusta, as his mother had, to, uh, to murder Claudius, to acquire poison for his own suicide, although he ended up not using it. 
In the end, it is believed that Nero died by a self-inflicted knife wound to the throat to avoid capture, making him the last emperor and putting a close to the Julio-Claudian dynasty. It is said that his last words were, what an artist dies in me. Curiously, though, there was a widespread belief surrounding Nero's suicide that he actually wasn't dead and somehow he would return. Well, he did not return. Um, uh, in any way, this isn't a show about Nero. But Julia uh, had been suspected of more than having a hand in poisoning a husband or two. And reportedly, her crimes ranged from murder, which we've talked about, to witchcraft, uh, and even to forcing a man named Statilius Taurus into suicide because she wanted his beautiful gardens all to herself. Uh, I guess she really, really loved flowers. Um, right? He had that one rose that she just couldn't find anywhere. Listen. <laughs> After Claudius's death, Julia had risen so high in the royal family that she became the first living woman whose portrait bust appeared on the imperial coinage, along with that of a reigning emperor, Nero. We mentioned that that those first coins featured him and his mother together. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia was undoubtedly a woman who followed the family tradition when it came to intrigue and power grabs, but. Was she, as history paints her, a poison-happy murderess and opportunistic seductress? Funny thing, Matt. Right. So for one thing, uh, during the time that Julia Agrippina was alive, the words for adulteress and poisoner were used almost interchangeably. Hmm. The idea being that if a woman had sexual agency, uh, she was not trustworthy, and it was also assumed that she had a proclivity for poisoning throw in the fact that there was also some scientific confusion going on at that time when it came to, for example, the causes of sickness, certainly long before germ theory. Um, Those kinds of things were often attributed to poison instead of their actual, often natural causes. And when you put all these pieces together, you can see how, even though it's completely unproven, a reputation like Julia's might have some roots in presumption instead of actual proof. Oh, and that species of mushroom that killed Claudius. People today still die from it because it looks like a totally safe and harmless mushroom that you want to eat. So it may very well have just been a case of somebody picking the wrong fungus. We should also say, right, poison was very popular in Rome, not only among women. Uh, Worth noting in all of this is that husbands often poisoned their wives. (laughs) There's just account after account of that, like (laughs) for various reasons. But there's never any kind of synonymous association between the word adulterer or (laughs) and poison, uh, only adulteress. So we just want to introduce all of this as food for thought. It's totally poison free, we promise. But that brings us to uh, our final segment of the show. Uh, And now we are going to do a little segment that we're calling What's Your Poison, where every week we will uh, share some concoction related to the topic of the day. Uh, And this week we have a little cocktail that I have invented. We're going to call it Death by Too Many Wives. (laughs) And it's one of those cocktails that I fully expect to get mixed reactions to. Uh, I was not sure what I would think, but it turned out delightful. So first what I did was I made a simple syrup, but I used brown sugar instead of white sugar. Oh, interesting. If you've never made simple syrup before, you just throw um, equal amounts of sugar and water. So like half a cup of sugar, half a cup of water or whatever measure you want to use and let that boil. And then when it finished boiling, I threw in some roasted garlic and roasted mushrooms. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I which let is that... where we just lost like you know half of right. our right. I know, I know, but I'm telling you, come along with me. Um, and then I let that simmer very low for like literally just a couple minutes, and then I steeped that in the fridge with a cup of vodka to make a liqueur, uh, all in one container for a week. And then you strain it out and you get this very, very um, dark because of the brown sugar and the roasted components, syrupy liqueur. And I just poured that into a glass and then I put an equal amount of club soda in it. And I ended up with this very interesting mushroomy, garlicky cocktail. I don't even know what I would call it. It's not really a martini. It's not really a... It's just a strange little thing. It's a death by too many wives. Uh, so you just end up with this interesting, like, sense of savoriness, and there's a little bit of a buttery taste to it because it was those those vegetables were roasted. But it's really quite bright, and like the first sip is where you get the most sense of the flavor, and then after that, it just kind of feels like this weird, sparkling, refreshing thing that has a buttery finish. Consider that liqueur for a Bloody Mary. That's all I'm saying. Consider what kind of mushroom you use in that liqueur. Right. We don't. I don't want anybody to die from this drink. Don't be hunting down the toxic mushrooms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I hope this has given you truly some some uh, some information to think about regarding how we view uh, historical figures in terms of just branding them as as murderers when maybe they weren't. Maybe they were. We, we don't, don't know. know. With that. We thank you for listening to this first episode of Criminalia, and we will see you next week. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.